This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's bring it, Kate Costable. You know her as host of BetQL. You in the action each and every Saturday. She's also on Twitter and TikTok at Kate Constable. Kate, I see your picks all the time. You're on Twitter as well. A lot of times it's part of the BetQL network making your picks, so I see those. What is the one show? It doesn't matter if it's trash TV. It doesn't matter if it's a highly acclaimed drama. What is the one show that you have to watch you can't live without? Ooh, I mean, I'm kind of with Chelsea. I don't watch many shows outside of sports right now because you can't. But I will say, I recently watched Sex Life on Netflix, and it is raunchy. It is raunchy, but it's good. (laughs) What did you expect? um, uh, well, I know, right? It's a good <laughs> break from sports because it's like the complete opposite of anything to do with my normal day-to-day job. So that yeah. um, I'm also in Minnesota. I have a different setup today because uh, my siblings just had kids, not together, but they both just had children. Oh, um, and, good clarification. <laughs> yep. Um, so a lot of Paw Patrol this week because I'm there's some little ones running around everywhere. I'm hoping they don't come in the room right now. So sex life, Paw Patrol, sports. That's been uh, my world lately. Okay, I'm glad you said that because yesterday I asked the lovely Catherine and we were sitting in front of the TV and she goes, you know what I started watching? Sex Life. And I was like, well, how is it? And she said the same thing. She goes, well, there's lots of sex in it. And I was like, well, yeah. that yeah, that sounds pretty much right. All right. Well, no sex between Michigan State and Kansas State. Just good, <laughs> clean, fun. Good, clean basketball. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying here. So uh, are, are you going to jump on the Tom Izzo train like a lot of people are, which I can't fault them for that, or are you going with the Wildcats here? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Wildcats. I know Michigan State is probably the popular pick and, and maybe the right side because Tom Izzo is a Hall of Fame coach. He's been in the spot before. He's the only coach that's still uh, coaching in the tournament that's made it to the Sweet 16 before. So for all good reasons, take Michigan State because Tom Izzo's model is also, or his motto rather, is to cut the head off the snake. That kind of means just neutralize the other team's floor general. They did it with Tyler Kolick and Marquette, held them to seven points. Boogie Ellis and USC held Ellis to six points. But I'm taking K-State because I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that to Marquise Noel. This kid is lightning quick. He can get to the basket. He can shoot um, from the outside. He's 44 points and 23 assists in two NCAA tournament games so far. He's shooting 43% from three. That's going to be a a very tough player to slow down, and I'm just not totally confident uh, that Michigan State's going to be able to do it. Plus, Marquise Noel, 
New York native playing at the garden. I know Tyson Walker from Michigan state is also going back home. So he's playing in, in front of his home crowd too. So that's kind of a fun storyline to look at as well. But I think taking the points with K state and what's going to be probably a very close one down the stretch. Uh, that's what I'm going for in this one. And K-State, also the best covering team left in the tournament as far as season-long records go. So maybe the market is continually too low on K-State and the Wildcats. But I think it's a good angle, kind of backing teams with great point guards. But it's not the case for Tennessee. In fact, they've had a huge hole at point guard ever since Zakai Ziegler went down. So Tennessee's next matchup is against FAU. Tennessee laying five and a half. Kate, I've been wrong on Tennessee this far. It's not been a team I've wanted to trust. Um, but again, I am very torn on this one. What do you think when talking about Tennessee and FAU? Yeah, so initially I looked at this game and I was like, Tennessee just crushed Duke. They looked phenomenal in that game. They just kind of manhandled them, were so much more physical uh, than the Blue Devils. And so for that reason, I looked at this and I was like, five and a half against Florida Atlantic? Sure. But PJ Glasser, a colleague of ours, we were both on You Better You Bet the other day, and he was telling me like, you know, this is a classic Rick Barnes fallout spot in the tournament. And Florida Atlanta is kind of like a, a buy low spot. So sell high on the uh, volunteers right now, buy low on the Owls. And he totally flipped me. That's what I'm taking. I'm taking Florida Atlantic plus five and a half in this one. Um, they Their three-point shooting hasn't been great. Uh, and Tennessee is great at defending the three. But also they've gotten past these previous two opponents shooting 17 of 59 for three. So I'm not sure that's going to be too much of an issue, especially because they have so much speed and quickness on their team. And as much as Tennessee wants to slow the game down, FAU is going to speed this game up. And in their win over uh, Duke, Tennessee's Olivier Kamu had 27 points, went three of four from three. That was a fantastic performance, but out of the ordinary for him. For him. He's only hit more than one three twice all season. Uh, and then John L. Davis for FAU, he's the the engine that makes that team go. He's been fantastic. I believe he had 27 or 29 points in the last outing. So I think Florida Atlantic can at least hang around here. And so I will take them plus five and a half and fade Rick Barnes a little bit. So let me ask you about that, because how much do you take coaching into account come the tournament when you look at a guy like tom Izzo, and i know it, it, it's maybe overstated kate but there's no question that this is a guy who has the resume and the requisite experience to be successful and then you take a guy like rick barnes who i've covered for a long time but he doesn't do very well in these spots so how much of a part of that is the handicaps that you make I mean, it's quite a bit, especially at this point in the tournament. All season, I didn't think Michigan State was all that talented of a team, but they get to this point in the year, and Tom Izzo knows how to coach. He knows how to get his players ready for these types of games, and I think that's why they've been able to make it this far, uh, despite you know how they performed in the Big Ten tournament. They looked awful in that game against Ohio State. So that's definitely going into effect a little bit in that game, although I am on the other side in that one, just because I think the talent on Kansas State is a little greater than Michigan State's. But for Rick Barnes, I mean, he has a history of not doing well in the tournament. Matt Painter does as well. You saw what just happened to Purdue. So for some of those coaches that have a history of maybe not I don't want to say failing because I mean he's in the sweet 16 that's not failing but maybe not living up to the potential that this team has in these tournament settings I tend to fade those coaches uh, more so than I necessarily do looking to play on coaches like Tom Mizzo. I definitely agree with that because I do think that there is like a ceiling for that Michigan State team like they're very good yeah. but I think they're playing to like the highest level that they could possibly play at so 
maybe they've been a great play so far, but maybe mm-hmm. that road ends uh, in this next game against K-State. So let's go on to the UConn and Arkansas game. A short spread here. UConn laying three and a half. I am very interested to hear your take on this one because, listen, I love me some Arkansas, but nobody has looked more complete than UConn. So which side or are you playing a total here? Yeah, that's my thought exactly, Chelsea. I've loved watching this Arkansas team play all season, but UConn is just dominant. I mean, the Huskies are going to have the size advantage down low. Adama Sanogu has been averaging 26 points, 10 and a half boards throughout the tournament. And uh, Donovan Klingon comes off the bench to replace him. He's uh, gives the Huskies really solid minutes and production off the bench. So they don't have a dip in their offensive or defensive performance when uh, Sanogo is off the floor. And Arkansas, they got past Kansas, overcame a second half 12 point deficit. Like that's very impressive. But they did that because Devo Davis put up a season high 25 points. 21 of those came in the second half. Very impressive once again. Uh, but that type of performance is kind of out of the ordinary for Davis. And I really don't see him replicating that for a second straight game. What's also very concerning for this Arkansas team is that Nick Smith has been just a non-factor so far. Mm-hmm. When he's healthy, mm-hmm. he's been their best player all season. And we saw when he was out of the lineup with an injury um, midway through the year and early in conference play, like this Arkansas team lost a ton they just looked completely lost on offense and in these tournament games he was held scoreless against Kansas and only had six points against Illinois so uh, the Razorbacks need him to figure things out if they want a shot at getting past UConn but even if he does kind of return to his normal um, production I still think that the Huskies are just the overall more talented team more bigger more physical all of that so my money's uh, uh, the Huskies in this one. We're talking with Kate Constable, uh, back QLU, in the action each and every Saturday. Oh, man, a good one from two teams out west, Gonzaga taking on UCLA. I have UCLA winning it all here, but this is a short spread where the Bruins are favored by two and a half, I think. What are you thinking? So I'm going first half here. And all season long, I've loved taking Gonzaga to cover in the first half. For the most part, they've delivered. They were a fantastic first half team throughout the regular season. Uh, That's changed in the tournament, and I've lost some money because that's changed. So the Zags, they've started uh, slow in each one of those games, failed to cover the first half number. They were down by five at the half to TCU. They were only up four over Grand Canyon, and that's, I mean, despite that line being minus nine at the half. UCLA, on the other hand, they've been dominant in the first half of games, so I'm taking them minus one in the first half. they had a 10-point lead over Northwestern, 21-point lead at the half over UNC Asheville. And yes, Gonzaga is not UNC Asheville, so I don't anticipate that. Uh, but I also want to take the first half versus the full game because UCLA is dealing with some injuries. I mean, David Singleton, his ankle, Adam Bona, his shoulder. And I just watched videos on Twitter of those two players this morning walking and getting on the bus. They looked fine. I mean, Singleton was not walking with a limp at all with that um, sprained ankle. But in case, you know, they tweak one of those injuries throughout the game, um, I just know this one's going to be close down the stretch, and so I'm not going to play the full game. But, Jenks, I think the Bruins are the right side because they're looking for a revenge over Gonzaga. Jalen Suggs, yeah. half-court buzzer beater, knocked them out in Final Four in 2001, and a lot of those players that were on that UCLA team then are still on it now, and they have not forgotten that moment. So my play in this one, UCLA first half, but don't hate the full game either. You can check her out on Twitter and TikTok at Kate Constable and as host of BetQLU in the action each and every Saturday. It's a good friend, Kate Constable. Kate, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Well, I like hearing that.
Chelsea, I don't think I even asked you. Who did you have winning the tournament? Is your team still alive? I, I You probably told me, but I've forgotten. Alabama. The easy answer. Oh, okay. Like, how do you pick against them? I think if you're filling out brackets and you're trying to win one of those challenges, uh, that's probably not the greatest play strategy-wise. Uh, strategy, st- strategy uh, just because, you know, they're the obvious play, but I do think they're the best team. Well, I can't fault you for that. I am not rooting for Alabama because I just don't like the way they've handled this past season. But from a basketball perspective, at the end of the day, it is hard to bet against this Crimson Tide team. And that's the thing. My only question is, how will they respond when they get a challenge? Because if you look back at the SEC tournament, and even now, there has just not been a team stay close to the Crimson Tide. They have blown away everyone in their path. So, Chelsea, kudos to you thus far. That Tide pick looking good, even if Nick Saban doesn't think really like it. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.